Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. If you haven't caught on yet, we got Portland-themed music here uh, on Nuwana's Now on your Wednesday because I'm sitting here in Portland, Oregon, broadcasting live from Sidelines Sports Bar. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Wednesday. Uh, Appreciate you being here. Coulter Nuanas, of course, live on your radio dials, or maybe you're watching on SWX Montana television, or maybe you're streaming on the ESPN Montana app. No matter how you are tuning in, we appreciate you being here. Thanks to uh, Tommy and Andrew and all the guys in the back for getting us live uh, on all of those different various platforms. Uh, very fun to be able to uh, provide not only the uh, the radio feed, but also the video feed as well. So we're live on Skype, too. So uh, fun times. Uh, always love the innovation. Always love taking the show on the road. If you missed anything in the show so far, took you around the wide world of Portland sports, all the things you need to know. This is an interesting town when it comes to sports because it is the smallest pro sport market when it comes to the big four professional sports. The Portland Trailblazers are here uh, for the NBA. Portland, I think last time I checked, about 675, 700,000 people. So certainly a huge city by Pacific Northwest standards, uh, but not in you know the realm of Atlanta or New York City or L.A. or Chicago or anything like that, of course. Uh, also an interesting one because there are two major universities in this state, Oregon and Oregon State, that have great followings. But the city of Portland is sort of split between the two schools and between the two football programs particularly. So we took you... Uh, in-depth on uh, some of those parallels. Also talked a lot about the various ties between the state of Montana and sports in uh, this neck of the woods here out on the West Coast. We also heard from Cole Taylor, a Great Falls CMR senior who's headed to Montana State on a football scholarship, and Cy Stevenson, who's from Libby High School, a senior there uh, for the Loggers, who was headed to Montana to play football. And we had a little history lesson about Indiana State University with a little bit of uh, thoughts on going to Terra Hout from Grizz Head football coach 
Bobby Houck. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable, probably presented this week and every week by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, uh, how about this? Here's what I would do if I was going to be in Missoula. I go down to Paradise Falls. I catch the Grizz game, 11 a.m., have a little brunch, watch the Grizz against Indiana State, and then hang out, watching some other college football action from across the uh, landscape of college football. And then I watch the Bobcat game down there at 6 p.m., hit the happy hour, get myself some dinner, chips and queso. They got 18 draft beers, 30 big screen TVs. They also have a sports bet Montana kiosk. Paradise Falls, an outstanding gathering place for both family, and friends. Go check them out. 3621 Brook Street in Missoula, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. We're going to do a little NFL blindside here in just a minute. Andrew Houghton, our producer, uh, is going to cue me with some NFL talking points. Well, first got to talk about Monday Night Football because, first and foremost, I know in the state of Montana, we have a variety of different NFL fandom bases uh, by my estimation, probably the strongest followings, and this is in no particular order, include the Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Denver Broncos, uh, unfortunately the Dallas Cowboys because they are America's team somewhat, somehow, some way still. <laughs> uh, and then there's a fair amount of Kansas City Chiefs fans. I think there's a fair amount of uh, Bears fans, and there's certainly uh, some Minnesota Vikings fans as well. So I know that there's uh, and there's a lot of Niners fans, actually, 49ers fans in, in Montana as well. I know there's some other people that are maybe picking up on some of the L.A. teams with their returns to the City of Angels and also some of the, the prominent stars that both the Rams and the Chargers have. But on Monday Night Football, the Denver Broncos played at the Seattle Seahawks, and it was a game with one of the, the richest storylines we will see in the NFL this season. And it just happened to happen on the first Monday Night Football. I know that there's a lot of Seahawks and a lot of Broncos fans out there listening, but Russell Wilson made his first start for the Denver Broncos. I think Russell Wilson is going to be good for the Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to be good. I think they're going to be in the mix for the playoffs uh, when it's all said and done. That said, I think that the beast of the hype machine in the offseason is one of the hardest things to combat in the NFL. The Bills at least through one week, did a great job of it. The Bills are the preseason Super Bowl favorites, uh, according to Vegas betting lines. Josh Allen, one of the rising stars in the NFL, and the Bills heard about it all offseason after the devastating, heartbreaking loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in one of the great football games you will ever see. The Bills then heard all offseason. This is their year. They're going to be the favorites. They're going to run through what is an unbelievably talented and stacked AFC. They came out in the, in the first game of the NFL season, and they pounded the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night football in L.A. Okay, check the box. They dealt with the hype machine. One of the other teams that had so much hype coming into this year, the Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel has so much juice behind him as this innovative offensive play caller. People are thinking that maybe he's the next Sean McVay. I'm not so sure. I'm very skeptical about it. But the Miami Dolphins, with the acquisition of Tyree Kill and the uh, at least promoted and uh, presumed progression of Tua Tango Vailoa and the addition of Rashi Mostert. And, and, you know, just overall, 
a pretty darn good uh, offseason in terms of personnel upgrades. Then they go out and they smack the New England Patriots. So they were able to combat the hype machine. Now, I don't know how much of it was hype and how much of it was Seattle listening to how much everybody else around the NFL doesn't think the Seahawks are going to be any good. But whatever it was, the Seahawks went out and punched the Broncos straight in the face. They absolutely out-physicaled them. They outmanned them. They just whooped them. They, they straight up just physically whipped them. And I know that the, the final score uh, was a very close game, and the Seahawks come away with a 17-16 to victory. But they were more than a touchdown dogs on their home field, which is a, an, an unbelievably rare occasion when you're talking about Pete Carroll's tenure in Seattle. And that was also Russell Wilson's return to the place where he led the Seahawks to such unbelievable prominence and, uh, you know, historic accomplishment. I mean, Russell Wilson is the greatest Seahawks quarterback in the franchise's history. Many would argue he is the greatest quarterback or the greatest player maybe in their franchise's history. None of that mattered. You could tell that Seattle wanted to prove Everybody that thinks that they are fast-tracking the number one pick, that that was not the case. I don't know how much the hype train got in the way of the Broncos, but I do know that the Seahawks, they looked like the Seahawks of old, and it was a phenomenal effort. Geno Smith, uh, a rebirth to be sure. Uh, he, He goes, I think he completed 17 straight or maybe even 18 straight passes to begin the game. He finishes 23 of 28 for 195 yards and two scores. Richard Penny... We actually played for Bobby Houck at San Diego State when Bobby Houck was the special teams coordinator there. Rashad Penny had 12 carries for 60 yards to buoy the Seahawks running game. And one of Geno Smith's two touchdowns was a scoring strike to Bozeman native Will Disley, a University of Washington product who prepped at Bozeman High School and now catching touchdowns uh, for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Pretty cool for the big tight end uh, from the Gallatin Valley. After the game, Geno Smith was classic. And, and you've heard about Geno Smith more on these radio airwaves than a lot of other uh, outlets because Marty Mornaweg, our NFL insider, who spent 26 years as an offensive coordinator and a quarterbacks coach in the National Football League, he often talks about, first of all, his respect for Geno Smith and also how his year that he spent with the New York Jets when Geno Smith was a rookie and they were able to... to piece it together and go 8-8 eight and eight when everybody thought they were fast-tracking towards the number one pick. Marty always talks very glowingly uh, about Geno Smith. But I thought that uh, Monday night was a great example of two things. One, how much the offseason hype can get in the way of uh, what you want to accomplish. And I'm not saying the Broncos are dead and done by any means, but there was certainly one of the two teams on Monday Night Football that were ready to play, and it certainly wasn't the team uh, in the blue and orange. It was certainly the team wearing the electric yellow or whatever the heck color that is that Seattle wore on Monday night. Where is it, what is it, how does this influence the rest of the year? I'm not exactly sure. But I think it was a great example also, though, of if you don't come ready to play in the NFL, if one team is able to completely and utterly dictate the tone and the style of the game, and make no mistake, Seattle absolutely made it their style of football game. Anybody can beat anybody. This isn't like college where you have Montana State playing Moorhead State or Montana playing Northwestern State, and the disparity between the teams is so great. It doesn't even really matter if the favorite plays well or not. 
the favorite's going to win, especially if the favorite's at home. In the NFL, that ain't the case. If you don't bring it, if you don't show up, you're going to get whipped. And I know I'm not talking about marginal victory. There's hardly any NFL point spreads that finish with more than a touchdown. I mean, look at NFL betting lines in a week. If a team is a 9.5 or 10.5 point dog, that team is a bad team that also is probably incredibly banged up that's also probably coming off a tough stretch on their schedule. It's a it's really, really tough to win a game by double digits in the National Football League. So I know it was just a one-point game on, on uh, Monday Night Football, but I thought it was a very impressive effort uh, by the Seattle Seahawks, and I thought it was a, a rude awakening uh, for the Denver Broncos. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. This is our ESPN Roundtable, our long-form interview of the week. Appreciate you tuning in as I come to you live from Sideline Sports Bar here in Portland, Oregon, on hand for a variety of different reasons. But first and foremost, for a tap takeover, courtesy of Ten Barrel Brewing. Ten Barrel Brewing uh, is serving up beers and ciders down here right now. So uh, we'll be doing this again tomorrow at the Wild Hair Saloon and then on Friday at Stadium Sports Bar. So uh, if you're in the area, if you're coming over for the Portland, or the, uh, I keep saying Portland State, the Montana State-Oregon State game in Portland, come to one of these and come hang out with us. We'll buy you some beers. We'll get you some uh, appetizers, and uh, we'll hang out have a good time. You can listen to us here at Nuanas Now. Thanks to Ten Barrel Brewing uh, for putting us up here uh, this week here in Portland. All right, Andrew, I, uh, I we haven't actually tested this to see if I can hear you or not, but... Uh, you got me on that side. Can I hear you? Uh, can you, can, can you, Coulter? I, I can. Exactly. Oh, man, you sound great. This, uh, this new technology is just splendid. Okay, so we're going to play a little uh, NFL blindside. I know we got through the entire Sunday slate with Coach Marty. I gave you my thoughts on Monday Night Football. Uh, this time of year is a hilarious time of year because it's overreaction central, and I really don't think you can put too much stock in week one. I actually think that you should put most of your stock in week three. If, if you played bad in the first two games, then it's a, po- a point for concern, a, a, a point of contention. If you play really well through two games, okay, now maybe you got something cooking a little bit. And if you just split them one and one okay. I think it's a big week for the teams that started 0-1. It's a big week for the teams that started 1-0. But right now, half the NFL is in first place, half the NFL is in last place. So we don't want to overreact too much. But, Andrew, what do you got for me? What sort of things do you want to know? Or what, what sort of things are you thinking about right now uh, when it comes to this current NFL season early in the year? Well, it is tough after week one. And, you know, it's hard not to overreact a little bit. What did you think of... You know, the teams that really made a statement, and, and these are teams that we've been looking at as Super Bowl contenders, but, like, the Bills won big, Kansas City won big, Tampa Bay won really easily. These are teams that we've had and we've known as contenders for a couple of years. What did you think of them in Week 1? Well, I think that's a, that's a great example of when people ask, why is the NFL such a quarterback-driven league. Arm talent and athleticism is one thing, for sure, and it gets you a little ways. But there's been guys that have phenomenal arm talent and phenomenal athleticism that didn't win a gosh dang thing during their times in the NFL. I mean, Jay Cutler's got one of the best arms in NFL history. He won diddly squat. Jeff George has one of the great arms in NFL history. He won diddly squat. So I think that more than anything, it's the preparation. It's the cerebral nature of what these quarterbacks can do. And so to me, 
if you're going to tell me that you're going to give me nine months of Josh Allen preparing for an opening season opponent or nine months for, of Patrick Mahomes preparing for an opening season opponent or nine months of Tom Brady preparing for a season opening opponent, well, of course those guys are going to be ready to roll. And so I thought it was a, a great example of how much having continuity but also elite cerebral play at the quarterback position. I thought that's exactly what you see. And I thought for those three teams you just named, though, I thought that the Chiefs, I think that it was pretty apparent when they went out and just rolled it up. And they were you could tell. You know, there's a lot of thought right now in the NFL. Are the Chiefs going to sustain this this unbelievable run that they're on? Are they going to be able to just be a ticket punched in the AFC Championship game, year in and year out? There's a lot of questions and a lot of people that are skeptical about the Chiefs. Yourself, myself included. I did not pick the Chiefs to win the AFC West. After they hung 44 on the Cardinals, <laughs> I might have some regrets about not picking the Chiefs to win the AFC West. They still have one of the best, if not the best, coaches in the National Football League in Andy Reid. They still have one of the best talents we've seen uh, in the last generation in Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback. So I thought that was a, a big prove-it game and, a, and sort of a big, uh, hey, we're listening. We got, uh, we're, we're still here. We are here to stay for the Kansas City Chiefs. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and the Buffalo Bills, I thought that that was actually a, a, a big win for each of them not just because they were able to prepare and not just because the Bills went and won over uh, the defending Super Bowl champions in the Rams and not just because the Bucks went and beat America's team in the Dallas Cowboys, but Brian Dable is no longer the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. So it was a great uh, sign to see Josh Allen do it with somebody else calling the plays. That's big time for the confidence of the team and the organization with Brian Dable now as the head coach of the New York Giants. I also thought similar dynamic when you talk about the Bucks. Bruce Arians is retired. You have a, a defensive-minded head coach now in Todd Bowles. But let's make no mistake, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have two head coaches. They got Todd Bowles running the defense, and they got Tom Brady running the offense. So uh, it, it, maybe not as uh, much of a statement by them because they have such a savvy veteran operating. But I, I thought it was big for both those squads to show that even with some of the overturn uh, on the coaching staffs, that they still ha- have a lot of firepower and uh, – a lot of competitive edge uh, on Sundays and Mondays. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Coming to you live from Sideline Sports Bar here in Portland. Thanks to the folks at Ten Barrel Brewing for setting us up here. Uh, this is our ESPN Roundtable. It's presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Go check them out there uh, on the south side of Missoula. All right, Andrew, what else you got? Well, just looking at the slate of games, a lot of big performances by wide receivers. Coulter, I know who you would say if I asked you who the best wide receiver in the NFL is. Who's the second best wide receiver in the NFL? Wait, so who do you? Who would you think that I would say? Because I think some people would assume that I'd, I would say a young man that played at Eastern Washington. I think you I would think say Cooper Cup, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. I think Cooper Cup is one of the best players in the NFL. I think Cooper Cup's the second best receiver in the NFL. I think the best receiver in the National Football League is Justin Jefferson. And uh, I think that there's a distinct parallel there now, too, because Kevin O'Connell is the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. And, and I was skeptical of his hiring until 
I read so much about how he had such an influence on Cooper Cup's further development and Cooper Cup's dominant MVP, you know, Super Bowl MVP year a year ago, record-setting year uh, for the former Eastern Washington Eagle. Cooper Cup is the the greatest route running tactician not only currently in the National Football League, but one of the great route running technicians ever. Justin Jefferson, I have ahead of Cooper Cup though because he's just a better athlete. Cup is a, is a fine athlete. The narrative of Cup being, uh, you know, an underdog and just not that athletic, give me a break. His spatial awareness is unbelievable. His short area quickness is second to none. He might not run the fastest 40 time, but he, he, he can juke you out in a box. But Jefferson can do all of it. I mean, Jefferson is almost as good of a route runner as Cup. He's bigger, faster, stronger, taller, all of it. He, he, I think that Jefferson has an opportunity to really make a run. Uh, at the uh, NFL MVP this year. Also have to mention Devontae Adams. I thought it was so fascinating to analyze the parallel. People were wondering, who's going to miss who more? Is Aaron Rodgers going to miss Devontae Adams more, or is Devontae Adams going to miss Aaron Rodgers more? I think we got the question answered. Aaron Rodgers desperately missed Devontae Adams in that game against the Minnesota Vikings. Devontae Adams looked very good and scored a touchdown uh, in his debut with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, it comes with a caveat. Devontae Adams has played extensively with Derek Carr. They played together in college at Fresno State. They are, by all accounts, best friends. So I I do think that a little bit more comfortability there. But when it comes to answering the question of who misses who, Aaron Rodgers misses Devontae Adams uh, a heck of a lot more. But it, that, my power rankings for, uh, for NFL wide receivers, a great question, Andrew. I think it's Justin Jefferson, one, Cooper Cup, number two. I think Devontae Adams is sitting there at number three. And uh, can Jamar Chase replicate it? Jamar Chase had an, a transcendent, a record-breaking rookie season. Can he do it again? Uh, he looked good. He looked actually incredibly good uh, there at uh, in Cincinnati in their overtime loss to the Steelers. Uh, but I think that's one of the been one of the biggest diametric shifts in the NFL. You see it in fantasy football. You see it on the football field. You see it in the prop bets. You see it across the board. Receivers, it's not just about ranking them amongst their fellow competitors at the position. They are now among the best and also more, most important players in the NFL. If you have one of those guys, you definitely have a chance. The one is now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Uh, all right, we have time for one more, Andrew. What else you got? Well, you mentioned fantasy, Coulter. I don't know how many leagues you're in this year, but who were you high on in fantasy this year? Who who were your guys who you were targeting in drafts this year? That's a great question because one thing I try to analyze is not just the here and now, but the last couple of years, particularly when it comes to running backs. How much tread do they have on the tires? How many hits have they taken? Derrick Henry was high on everybody's board, and justifiably so. Derrick Henry has had unbelievable years the last two years for the Tennessee Titans. But because that, I, I actually shy away from a guy like Derrick Henry because he has had two huge years in a row. I know that he is the biggest, strongest, fastest, toughest running back maybe in the history of the National Football League. I, I can't say he's the toughest. He can't go there yet. I mean, Walter Payton's rolling over in his grave. And uh, there's a lot of other guys that, that have a say in it. But there's just never been guys that have been built like Derrick Henry. 6'3", 250, runs like he does. But when you have 357 carries in a year, uh, like he did a year ago, 
And, you know, you look at his carry numbers over the last several years. I mean, up over 300 carries several years in a row. Last year, he only made it into eight games. Excuse me, I was looking at two years ago when he had 378 carries in 2020 when he rushed for over 2,000 yards. But back-to-back 300 carry seasons, that almost always equals then a fall-off. And what happened to Derrick Henry last year? He only played in half the games. It's the same thing with guys like Ezekiel Elliott. Saquon Barkley hasn't been able to stay healthy. Christian McCaffrey hasn't been able to stay healthy. And so I do think that the notion of being injury-prone, it's not even injury-prone. It's just having a lot of miles on the vehicle. And so I tried to stay away from those guys and try to get guys that are a little bit more fresh. Because here's the deal. You drafted Derrick Henry. You drafted Christian McCaffrey. You're feeling good. And then they get hurt. It's going to really hurt your fantasy team. Whereas if you can go out and get guys like Javante Williams from the Denver Broncos, who's never had anywhere close to the production of those guys at his name. But he also hasn't had any opportunity to get it. He's going to get the 250 carries. He's not worn out yet. I think that's why Jonathan Taylor was the number one guy on everybody's board. Because Taylor has had the one big year, like he did in Indy last year. He's only been in the league for two years. (coughs) Excuse me. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. But he also, he just doesn't have the miles on him yet. But I think that's where I sort of gravitated away from is I was trying to get the best player on the board rather than the best. um, Oftentimes you gravitate towards the best running back as your first pick. I didn't pick a running back with my first pick in any of my leagues. I was trying to get either Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup or Stephon Diggs or Devontae Adams because those guys too, the other thing that's happening right now too is a lot of the teams in the league like the Packers, uh, you know, like the Bills, they're throwing the ball down on the goal line or they're putting the ball in their quarterback's hands because they have a guy like Josh Allen who can either throw it to Stephon Diggs or run it in, you know. They're using the quarterback's legs down on the goal line as well. So I, I just tried to stay away from guys that you know have high mileage on them, tried to stay on guys that you know are going to have massive amounts of touches, whether it's at running back, wide receiver, or tight end. And I also never shy away from picking guys. There's a couple guys in the league like Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, tight ends when you split them out into the slot. The, the, the pro rankings might tell you that those guys are 25th to 35th to 45th on your board. Those dudes are going to get way more touches than almost anybody, and they also don't have as high a chance as getting hurt as a Derrick Henry or a Saquon Barkley or a Christian McCaffrey. Good question. Thanks, Andrew. A little fancy football for you here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. We are coming to you live from downtown Portland, Sideline Sports Bar, thanks to 10 Barrel Brewing for putting us up here each of the next three days. We are on site for a variety of reasons, but mostly to hang out with you. So if you want to come hang out at the Wild Hair Saloon tomorrow, or you want to come hang out at stadiums, uh, we will be down there uh, each of the next two days from 3 to 5 Pacific, 4 to 6 um, Mountain Time. And it uh, should be fun. Montana State plays at Oregon State uh, here in the City of Roses on Saturday evening. The Grizz play on the other side of the country. They play in the Eastern Time Zone in Terre Haute, Indiana, against Indiana State. A.J. Forbes has risen to become a leader for this University of Montana football team and a stalwart at the center of its offensive line. The Grizz Junior Center joins us next for our Grizz Star of the Week. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio.
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. is now on ESPN Radio. More Portland-themed music because why not? How fitting. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the new ESPN Montana app. Hopefully, you're liking seeing me on the app. <laughs> Coming to you on the Skype, so that's pretty fun. Uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in, and also appreciate Ten Barrel Brewing for putting us up here at Sideline Sports Bar here in Portland. We will be down at the Wild Hair Saloon in Oregon City tomorrow, and we'll be rolling from Stadium Sports Bar in Oak Grove on Friday. So if you're in the neighborhood, if you're on your way over to cover the Bobcats or the Grizzlies, uh, to watch the Bobcats play uh, Oregon State, uh, or, you know, you're a Grizz person in town, whatever. It doesn't matter what your affinity or your affiliation or your uh, alma mater is or, you know, anything at all. If you listen to this show and you're in the Portland area, come hang out with us. We got some beer. We have all sorts of stuff for you. Again, that's uh, Wild Hair Saloon tomorrow uh, from 3 to 5 Pacific, 4 to 6 uh, Mountain and uh, Stadium Sports Bar on Friday. Uh, looking forward to continuing uh, our coverage here from the West Coast leading up to Montana State at Oregon State. University of Montana plays at Indiana State on Friday. It's time for our Grizz Star of the Week. Grizz Star of the Week is presented proudly by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Visit Bob Ward's North End Zone Stadium store every game day. The Grizz are back home September 24th for homecoming. Bob Ward's North End Zone Stadium store has the best selection of gear, accessories, and more from all the top brands you covet most, Under Armour, Nike, Blue 84, and more. You can also stop by Bob Ward's at 3015 Paxson. Shop online 24-7 at bobwards.com. Well, happy now for our Grizz Star of the Week. We usually do this. Wednesday post-practice, but I'm on my way out of town, so we're doing it right now here on a Tuesday morning, but I really wanted to highlight an offensive lineman, so we bring in now A.J. Forbes. He's the starting center for the Montana Grizzlies, and the Grizz offensive line played really well this last week against South Dakota in a 24-7 to victory. A.J., thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, I think the last time you were on the show is when you were an incoming Grizz. So just take us through the last little while. I mean, what, what's it been like these last couple of years acclimating to Montana? And that now it seems like uh, forever ago that you were playing for another team. Seems like you really fit in with the Grizz and, and really uh, making your way there on the offensive line. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, like you said, the last time we talked, I was 
you know, a couple of years ago, and I was just making my way up to Missoula. But, uh, man, I, I, I would say a lot of things have changed, but they, they, they really haven't. You know, I, I've been super, you know, the, the, the community has been very, very encouraging for me and accepting of me and, and uh, has done a lot to, to make me feel comfortable in, in this phase of life that I'm at right now. And so I'm just I'm super excited to, you know, still be here and start another season. Well, take us through just the evolution of this offensive line because I, I'm sure you guys hear it. You know, people are always saying, question mark of the offensive line for the Grizz. And this year coming in, you have a whole bunch of new guys up there. You, yourself, and Hunter McGinnis, kind of the only guys coming back. But it seems like you guys are playing with a little chip on your shoulder. And I thought you took a big step between week one and week two this last week, just breaking down the film. So what do you like about this unit? What sort of progress have you seen uh, the unit make? Yeah, for sure. You know, coming from last year when – when three of the starting five were, were all seniors to to the point where me and Hunter are, the, are considered the old guys uh, on the unit right now. Uh, it's just been super cool to see, you know, guys like guys like Chris Walker who, who just transferred and is making the, has made a great transition to, to tackle and having a, having a guy like Brandon Casey who, you know, started a couple games last year. He's, he's made some stellar improvements himself, and I think he's going to be really good. And then Liam Brown, who, you know, he came in and he, he had all the physical tools to be a, a really good guard for us. And now he's, he's now he's putting it all together right now. And so I feel like, you know, especially coming off a, a win against South Dakota, I think we're, we're, we're building some pretty good momentum. You know, like I've said it before, uh, you know, offensive line is a, is a, is a unit position. It's not, it's not a bunch of individuals. Uh, we have to play together to be successful. So, you know, after the South Dakota game, it was, you know, it was a nice confidence builder for us, and just excited to get going against Indiana State. AJ Forbes joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's our Grizz Star of the Week. He is a junior center for the University of Montana football team. I want to ask you more about Liam Brown because, well, Liam Brown and Brandon Casey actually, because I think they have a similar dynamic. You know, as a guy that's really analyzed offensive line play throughout this league for the last fifteen years, oftentimes with young guys. There's two things that they got to figure out. One, the physical part, you know, being physically ready to play, the strength and, and the size. And two, just being able to perform in games when the bullets are live, when, when you know, the action is going and it's flying around and the game is so fast. It seems like those two guys, though, they have the physical part already down. I mean, they both have great physical size and strength. Liam Brown himself looks like a mauler to me. Uh, so how much do you think it is just the mental part catching up? And, and it seems like those guys have an opportunity to really accelerate quickly once it does click for them. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, especially when, you know, coming into the season, coming out of fall camp, I think fall camp has been uh, – it, it was a super important time for – uh, for the offensive line in particular, just just so we can start building that chemistry with one another, and especially with with younger with the younger guys like Liam and and, and Brandon, uh, I, I think you know, like you said, uh, Brandon and Liam both had the the physical tools to be to be good at good at, good for this team. But uh, going going up against our defense for a month or however long it was during fall camp really you know, allowed us to, to hone in on what we needed to work on and and uh, allowed them to, you know, feel feel what live bullets feels like, you know, going, going up against one of the best defenses in the country for, for a month or however long fall camp was. So uh, they made some they made some great strides when when they were going up against our defense, and that showed up here in the last two weeks. 
I want to ask you about that part, too, going against your defense. Because on one hand, you know, personnel-wise, you guys are obviously getting tested uh, at a very high level. I mean, some of the best individual players in the FCS, like Alex Gubner and, and Patrick O'Connell and Marcus Wilna. I mean, yeah. Robbie Houck. These guys are all American-type players. But on the other hand, yeah. the defensive scheme is so unorthodox. You're not going to see a lot of schemes like it with you know the slants <laughs> and the pressures and, and the weird fronts and, and just how much they keep you off balance. So... Uh, how much of there is it, how much of it is a carryover? Can you translate it and and how much do just the individual guys make you better? But how much different is it going against sort of an unorthodox scheme day in and day out during fall camp? In, in terms of uh, in terms of a schematic carryover, there there really isn't any. You know, we're not going to go up against a defense uh, all year that that does everything that our defense does. But what it what it forces us to do it, it is it forces us to hone in on on our rules and our fundamentals, because if we're, if we're able to block a front that brings a bunch of guys in a bunch of different directions, then we can block, you know, a, a defense that, that doesn't do that, you know? So being able to go up against guys like Alex Governor and Eli Alford and Pat and Marcus and all these guys that, you know, are, are given other offenses fits, being able to, to go up against them every day has been, has been great for us. AJ Forbes joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN Montana app. He's our Grizz Star of the Week. It's presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Grizz are on the road this week at Indiana State. But when they're back home for homecoming September 24th, be sure to swing by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors store there in Washington Grizzly Stadium. They have all sorts of sweet game day Grizz gear for you. So go check out Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors there at Washington Grizz, or you can go check them out there on Paxson Street right behind Southgate Mall. Uh, AJ, what would you think of the test this last weekend? To me, just evaluating South Dakota, they're a very talented team. I thought their front was very, very good, uh, very physically able and strong. Uh, so what did you think of the test you guys received? How much did it make you guys better? Yeah, you know, South Dakota's a good team. And so we, we knew coming into it that it was going to be be a, be a good litmus test for, you know, how, how, how we responded on offense and then, uh, our defense responded against their against their offense. So, uh, so I mean, it was. They, they, I mean, they're a good team. They were strong. They were stout up front. And it was. Uh, it was. It was encouraging to see what we were able to do against against a defense like that. So, you know, we're just looking forward to to taking that momentum forward for the rest of the year. Well, let's talk about this week, the Indiana State. I don't think Montana has ever played in the state of Indiana, period, let alone against the Sycamores, <laughs> but they are a, a solid Missouri Valley team again, so the second Missouri Valley uh, opponent in a row. Now, how important is this game with Big Sky Conference uh, play on the horizon, and, and what do you think of just the matchup with the Sycamores? Yeah, you know what? I think you know the, the further we go into the week, we're going to learn more about who they are and, and, and what they do and how we can – and how can we attack certain points of of their offense and and defense? But you know, every every game is going to be important for us. We're not going to value one one game over another game. You know, it's the it's the stereotypical answer, but it's true. You know, it's every every week is a is a is a one game is a one game schedule. We're trying to go one and zero every week, so every game is important. And, and Indiana State just so happens to be the next game on schedule. There you go, AJ Forbes. Starting center for the Montana Grizzlies. They play at Indiana State in Terre Haute, Indiana on Saturday, 11 a.m. The kickoff time here uh, at Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. there. Uh, local time, it's Eastern time there in Terre Haute. Uh, AJ, we appreciate the time, man. Safe travels, and thanks for joining us.
Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Career Star of the Week presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Next time we had a Grizz game, and there's a Grizz game, another one, third September game next weekend, homecoming for the Grizzlies. Check out Bob Ward's in-stadium store. They have all sorts of Grizz gear, Nike, Under Armour, Blue 84, all your favorite brands. Appreciate Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors for the continued sponsorship of our Grizz Star of the Week here at Nuanas Now. We're coming to you live from Sidelines Sports Bar here in Portland, Oregon. Appreciate you for tuning in. Appreciate the fine folks at Ten Barrel Brewing for putting us up here. Happy birthday to my guy Steve, 36 years young. Uh, what a what a great day for him to be alive and to beat me relentlessly on the golf course this morning. Uh, thanks to Ted Burrell for putting us up uh, this week. We'll be at the Wild Hair Saloon tomorrow, and we will be at Stadium Sports Bar on Friday. Very much looking forward to uh, broadcasting from each of those venues. Never been to either one, so very much looking forward to checking out those as well. We'll get you all set up with your guest list for tomorrow. Keep it right here. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. downtown portland hanging out hope you're having a great afternoon into your evening thanks for spending some time with us it's nuanas now espn radio live from sideline sports bar here in the city of roses appreciate 10 barrel brewing for the first of three tap takeover sponsorships here uh, as we take the show on the road in a brand new location we've never been here broadcasting from the city of roses and happy to be here Missed anything in the show today. Fun show for you. I took you all the way around the world of Portland sports. Some of the fun storylines, crossovers, and connections. We also heard from Cole Taylor, Great Falls CMR quarterback, who's committed to Montana State. And Cy Severson, who's the uh, most recent commit to the Montana Grizzlies from Libby, Montana. Give you a little history lesson on Indiana State, Montana's opponent on Saturday. Went all the way around the NFL, a little ESPN roundtable style. And we had our good star of the week with A.J. Forbes, junior center for the Montana football team. All that can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the M Store, the MSU Bookstore, and the Advocates. Tomorrow, we'll be back at it at the Wild Hair Saloon in Oregon City. Uh, Very much looking forward to checking out a new venue. And uh, we'll have a variety of guests. Kurt Mallory, the head coach of Indiana State, will join us. Uh, We're also going to hear from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. We'll also have some high school football coverage, including Ryan Nelson, head coach of Missoula Hellgate. And uh, efforting One of the next two days, we'll hear from Wayne Tinkle, the head coach of the Oregon State men's basketball team, a guy who spent uh, eight seasons at the University of Montana as the men's basketball coach there. Also have confirmed 
Jim McAlchick, who was the offensive line coach at MSU from 1992 to 1998. He's now the offensive line coach for the uh, Oregon State Beavers. He'll join us later on this week. Dennis Erickson, a college football Hall of Famer. Guys with uh, ties to both Montana State and Oregon State will join us later on this week as well. And uh, still efforting Bruce Barnum, too, the head coach at the Portland State Vikings. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to Sidelines Sports Bar for hosting. And thanks to Ten Barrel Brewing for uh, their tap takeover efforts here as well. They were serving some delicious beers down here at Sideline. At least so I'm told so. I uh, I gave up the sauce, but uh, they smell nice, and everybody seems to be enjoying them. We'll be back at the Wild Hair Saloon tomorrow. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful Wednesday evening, and be good. This has been Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.